Destinations Beyond Expectations is powered by Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com to learn how to build your travel tribe. What is up, students of travel? This is your host, Stevie G, and you are listening to DBE. No matter where you're listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other audio platform, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. And if you can, rate and review the show. Pop on over to the podcast's official website, dbetravel.com, where you can see a list of all the episodes and view some insightful travel blogs. You can keep up with the show on social media too. Make sure to check out Destinations Beyond Expectations on Facebook and Instagram. Travel to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and you'll find plenty of amazing hikes, scenic drives, delicious food, and great people. Not only is it a great destination to visit, it's within a day's drive for a large portion of the U.S. population. My guest today is someone who loves to travel and covered a trip she took to Gatlinburg on her Dabbling in Jet Lag blog, Jen Sicilski. Jen joins me to talk about some of the places in and around Gatlinburg that made the biggest impression on her, all the places that she would recommend other visitors check out as well. Listeners, make sure to visit dabblinginjetlag.com to find many great articles, travel guides, and more. But let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Jen to get the inside scoop on how to experience Gatlinburg. All right, Jen, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. Thanks so much for taking some time to talk about uh, Gatlinburg and the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, great. Thanks for thanks for having me here, Stevie. So... The Gatlinburg area is a destination that I've talked about on this podcast before, Um, but for someone who's listening who may not know much about this area, can you just kind of talk about where Gatlinburg is and what the surrounding area looks like in terms of the mountains and the nature nearby? Yeah, sure. So Gatlinburg's a pretty small town of just about 4,000 people, just under 4,000, and it's located um, in eastern Tennessee right on the border with North Carolina. Um, and so it really sits uh, at the foot of the Smoky Mountains. So on a clear day, you can really, from the center of the town, you can kind of see the mountains um, in the background. And from a distance, it kind of looks like um, they're covered in these little shrubs. But when you go hiking in there, you just realize how massive these these trees are. And it's really something quite um, quite impressive. It's an area full of life, flora and fauna, and wild animals. And if you love na- if you love nature, Gatlinburg is is really the perfect spot. I definitely agree. And Jen, you wrote a really great blog that highlights thirteen of your favorite things to do in and around Gatlinburg. And I want to talk about those things that you mentioned. Uh, listeners, make sure to click the show notes uh, to follow along with Jen's article. Uh, so Jen, let's talk about the views, tastes, drives, and adventures that you mentioned in your blog. And let's start with the views. Let's kick things off with Klingman's Dome. Talk to me about Klingman's Dome. How far is it from the town of Gatlinburg? And what kind of views does it offer? Yeah, so Klingman's Dome is actually the highest point in Tennessee, and it's roughly a 30 to 40 minute drive from Gatlinburg. So you follow the US 441 South, and then it kind of turns off um, into Klingman's Dome Road, and that then takes you to a parking lot. And then from there, you have to hike about uh, 20 minutes uphill to the viewpoint. Uh, the path is all paved, so the real difficult part is kind of the uphill walk. So you have to remember that you're at 6,600 feet. So if you're not used to being at that kind of elevation, um, 
then that part might be might be a little bit difficult. Um, but once you get to the top, you have beautiful 360 degree panoramic views over the mountains. Um, and if you get there in the morning, it's kind of like there's a there's this layer of fog that sits over the mountains. And um, so you kind of feel that you're floating on the clouds. Um, and then as sort of the sun starts to rise and it starts to warm up, you can kind of see the mountains slowly reveal themselves. It's really uh, it's really something cool to see. Now, you briefly just mentioned that layer of fog in the mountains. And a lot of people who may not be familiar with this area might not know about the natural fog that kind of hangs around the hills. Can you describe the smokiness of the Smoky Mountains and talk about uh, that a little bit and how picturesque it can really be? Yeah, sure. So the name Smoky comes from the fact that at basically any given time of the year, any given time of the day, you have this sort of natural fog that is constantly hanging over the Smoky Mountains and it's always rising up into the atmosphere. So there's so much vegetation there um, that all of this fog is actually produced by all the different kinds of vegetation that you can find in the Smoky Mountains. So um, for me, this was just the coolest thing to see. And when I was with my husband and with my mom, I was constantly saying the Smokies are smoking because I just thought it was, it was just, it was just really cool. And I couldn't take enough pictures of it. I must have hundreds of pictures that I collected uh, while I was there. And so it's sort of a surreal yet magical experience. And the best really to go is really to get it from a viewpoint like Klingman's Dome or one of the other many viewpoints that you have uh, in and around Gatlinburg. The Smoky Mountain smoke is definitely really cool. And it's and pictures are wonderful. But just experiencing it, I think, in person um, is just amazing as well. And let's switch gears a little bit here and talk about the food and drinks around town. Um, You mentioned Crockett's breakfast camp as a place to visit for some delicious breakfast. Their cinnamon roll is one of the most popular food items in town. Uh, So tell us more about Crockett's breakfast camp. So Crockett's breakfast camp uh, was hands down my favorite breakfast place. I think I ate there two or three times and I just, I just absolutely loved it. So the restaurant's actually named after the famous Davy Crockett. And so you kind of have these menus um, where they have a section dedicated um, to the history of his life and kind of the history of the area. So um, it's really, it's really cool. You can kind of learn a little bit of history while you're waiting for your food to arrive. And then it's sort of set in this wooden cabin. You have a fireplace, wooden, wooden, uh, wooden chairs, wooden tables, all that kind of stuff. So you really have this homey feel while you're there. Um, and the cinnamon roll, yes, that is definitely to that's definitely to die for. It's the largest I've ever had. Uh, and when I got it, I was like, okay. I was with my mom, and I said, well, let's let's share it. And I kind of regretted that because I wanted the whole thing for myself, <laughs> right? So <laughs> you know, you think you're going to share, then you you don't really want to. It was just yeah. It was just too good, right? <laughs> now, on the outskirts of town is another food stop that you recommend people check out, and that's Carver's Orchard and Apple House Restaurant. Um, what are some things that you can find here? And tell me, just how good is the apple pie? So I actually found this place by accident. Um, I think Google Maps had recommended that we go around some traffic or something like that, and I ended up down this small road, and I saw this little sign advertising apple pie. I said, okay, uh, I have to go in. I didn't see a restaurant or anything. It was kind of hidden in the back. And as I pulled up, I kind of arrived. And in front of me was this, you know, barn in the made, a, made into a restaurant. 
and then um, this huge apple orchard in the back. And so they sell anything and everything related to apples. They have a few other vegetables and things that are there, but mostly any type of apple, you can find it there. Um, and then of course they make their apple pies with the apples that they grow in the orchards there. So um, it comes hot out of the oven and it was just, I ate it right there in the parking lot. It was absolutely delicious. I mean, it tastes like the fresh apples, like they had just picked them from, from the orchard. So <laughs> delicious. Um, yes, <laughs> we've, we've talked about a couple places to grab food, uh, but Eastern Tennessee also has a unique history when it comes to moonshine. And there's a few places in town that you can actually grab samples. Um, if you're 21 or up, where in town can you go to, to dabble in some moonshine and what can someone expect out of moonshine tasting? So there's quite a few places you can go. I'd say the Sugarland Distillery and the Old Smoky Mount, uh, the Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, those those are my favorite, and those are probably the most popular. And they have um, those are probably like the biggest signs that you can see in Gatlinburg, so you can't really miss them. Uh, so basically, you pay five dollars to try a bunch of different uh, flavors, and then you sort of get a voucher towards a bottle of moonshine. Um, and what's really unique about it is the different flavors. So you have things like peanut butter and jelly, apple pie, maple bacon. Um, it's a, it's a unique experience. It's something definitely, definitely worth trying. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any favorite flavors, Jen? Um, I'd have to say peanut butter and jelly, but I really like peanut butter and jelly. So that was kind of, kind of unique, right? So <laughs> Cool. So we've already established that the Smoky Mountains area is just absolutely stunning. And in your blog, you mentioned a few scenic drives that people can take. Um, can you talk about a few of those drives and, and just maybe talk about what it's actually like driving on those roads? From a wildlife standpoint, what are some things that you might see? Sure. So there are, I would say, there's quite a few nature drives. So you have the Roaring Fork Motor Nature Trail and the Fighting Gap uh, sorry, the Fighting Creek Gap Road, and then the Gatlinburg Bypass. So the Gatlinburg Bypass actually bypasses the town, and it's really more for giving you an, uh, sort of a bird's eye view of, of Gatlinburg. So they have a few stopping points where you can view the town and the surrounding landscape. Um, but then the Roaring, the Roaring Fork Motor Trail and the Fighting uh, Creek Gap Road are more for outdoor activities. So here you're gonna have hiking trails, waterfalls and you'll pass some historical cabins along the way and there's also quite a few visitor centers and um, in terms of wildlife you're going to see turtles snakes and definitely black bears you're always going to see from downtown to wherever you're always going to see black bears so um yeah maybe in the busier sections if there's a lot of cars they have a tendency to hide or if it's the hottest part of the day they might be you know things might be hidden but uh if you're there in the morning you're definitely going to see those things. Uh, now, Jen, when I think of Gatlinburg, I think of all the amazing outdoor experiences um, in the area. Let's talk about some of the outdoorsy things that you wrote about in your in your article. Um, now, the hike to Rainbow Falls looks really cool. Tell us what that's like. So the hike uh, the the hike to Rainbow Falls was was really fantastic. That was kind of the top uh, the top thing I wanted to do on my list, and so. Um, it's really kind of something for everyone. So I saw all, all, all ages out there hiking. Um, it's a pretty rocky trail, but the path is well-defined and you have regular signposting. So um, on the way there, it's mostly uphill, um, but it's very gradual. So it's not too difficult. 
it takes about, I'd say an hour and a half to get there and then probably an hour to get back. And uh, once you get the, to the falls, you really can't miss it. So you can hear the big waterfall from, from far away. And then you can see, um, see it pouring into these smaller falls. And at the base there, you can kind of dip your feet in. And then if you're lucky, um, and the big waterfall, if the sun is shining, the, it'll pass through the trees and it'll bounce off of the larger waterfall and it kind of creates a rainbow, which is why it's called Rainbow Falls. But you really have to be there in the afternoon um, to catch that. If someone is visiting the Smoky Mountains during a warm part of the year, another outdoor activity they can try is swimming in the sinks. What exactly are the sinks? So the sinks are a series of small natural pools that are created from three uh, larger waterfalls upstream. And so on a hot day, the cool water is absolutely perfect. When I was there, it was steaming hot and humid, and that was just, uh, it was wonderful to take a dip in the pools. Um, it's not too deep. There are certain sections where it can get deep, but there was all there was all ages swimming there without you know without any issues so jen the last major topic i want to dive into is the actual town of gatlinburg can you describe the town a little bit sure so gatlinburg is, itself is relatively small so again the population is is barely 4000 um but what you get here is you have a lot of little shops you have really you know nice nice restaurants and a few bigger attractions um, and then, of course, it's all surrounded by, by the Smoky Mountains. As far as things to do in town, there's two things you specifically mention in your blog. Exploring an area called The Village and having some fun at Fanny Farkles. Now, these are just two of so many different things that visitors can experience in the town of Gatlinburg. But tell us about these two items and why they made your list. So, uh, The Village is where you can kind of find all of these one-of-a-kind boutiques. So... Um, they're not like big, it's not a big shopping center or anything like that. You'll have, um, you'll kind of have uh, a bakery where it smells like, you know, those bakeries back from the 1950s and things like that. And that's kind of, yeah, it's not in the, it's not on the main street, but it's kind of off to the side and it, yeah, it's a chance to kind of escape from the crowds and you, yeah, you get to kind of help out these, uh, smaller, smaller businesses and things like that. And it's kind of nice to, to see that tradition still alive there in Gatlinburg. Um, and then Fanny Farkles made it on my list because I love arcade games. So for me, that's always fun to do. And, um, they have a ton of arcade games and I just, I popped in and I said, okay, let's, let's play some. And I, I just had a blast while I, while, while I was there. Um, I probably could have spent, uh, my whole day there, but you really should limit yourself. I did limit myself to just a few hours because I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Jen, before you go, I want to ask you about your website, dabblinginjetlag.com. How did you get into blogging and what can people find if they give your page a visit? Sure. So for the past nine years or so, I've been an expat and I've sort of had the opportunity to travel all over the world um, from South America to Central Asia to, um, to Europe. And I started blogging because I wanted to share my experiences and sort of what I've learned along the way. And then my photos are there to kind of take you to the places that I'm writing about. So um, I kind of want you to visualize what it's like being in that place. And so I write about, um, I write stories about my adventure, my adventures hiking and traveling along with my uh, experiences living abroad. 
Um, I also write travel guides uh, like this Gatlinburg travel guide where I focus a lot on outdoor activities in nature, sort of with the hope of encouraging people to get out there and, you know, explore our, our wonderful, uh, beautiful planet. <laughs> it's a really great website, and I definitely encourage listeners to go visit dabblinginjetlag.com. And, you know, Jen, you're on social media as well. Where can listeners go to give you a follow and stay up to date with your adventure travel and photography? So um, I'm active on Twitter and Instagram, uh, but you can also subscribe to my newsletter where I give also a lot of insider tips and um, extra little tidbits that aren't necessarily on the blog or I put in, in social media. So listeners, definitely check the show notes for the links to those, uh, her page as well as her social media handles uh, that Jen just mentioned. Um, Jen, I do have one more question before I let you go today. Destinations Beyond Expectations is the podcast designed for students of travel. And so I always like to ask my guests, and I'll ask you the same question. Um, are you someone who considers yourself to be a student of travel? And if so, can you maybe talk about one important lesson that you've learned along the way? Ooh, yes, I would definitely consider myself a, a student of travel. Um, I don't think I've ever stopped learning. And I think that um, each new adventure, no matter where it is, if it's five minutes from my home or wherever, um, is always, there's always something, there's always something to learn. So I'd have to say the, the biggest thing that I've learned, um, while traveling or, um, that I've taken away is that the best way that you can really travel and appreciate a place is to travel slowly. I think that when I first started traveling, it was it was quick. It was um, a few days here and there, and not really, you know, taking my time to really appreciate a destination. It was kind of I'm going to squeeze as much as I can in, and as many countries I can in the time that I have. And um, a part of me regrets regrets doing that. Even now, it's like I know, and sometimes I, I still make that mistake. And it's um, but when I really slow down and I take as much time as I can to to learn about a country, um, even to learn a few words of the language, it really uh, it really makes the experience uh, just that much better. I mean, it's really I, I I can't recommend I can't recommend that enough. Um, if you really take the time just to slow down and say, okay, I I don't need to you know go to five countries in 10 days, you know, just really appreciate one city, one country, and take your time to learn as much as you can there. I love that advice, because I think, you know, so often, um, I fall into the same trap where I try to see as many things as I can in a destination um, with limited time, and you really don't get to have the full experience. So maybe taking some time to slow things down, spend a little more time and, and really enjoy the culture. Um, and learn about the culture is something that can uh, advice that can help a lot of different people. So thank you so much for that answer. And I, I think it's really insightful and great. Um, Jen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I, I really appreciate you taking some time to talk about things to do in and around Gatlinburg. Great. Thanks for having me. That was, that was really awesome to have that invite. Yeah. I was really happy when I had that. 
A big DBE thank you to Jen from the Dabbling in Jetlag blog. I thought she did a great job of walking us through some of the wonderful places to visit in and around Gatlinburg. Listeners, make sure you take a moment to visit dabblinginjetlag.com where you'll find more of Jen's work, including great adventure travel articles, travel tips, and much more. If you like Destinations Beyond Expectations, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and do me a huge favor, tell a friend about the show. Well, that's all I've got for this week. Have a fabulous rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon.